1: We're talking about these people who are stuck, presumably down at the bottom of the ocean near the Titanic. The search is on to find them. Last segment, we had played this guy, Dr. Michael Gillen, who is who had been to the Titanic in 2000. His vessel actually got stuck down there, and
2: that moment of panic we, well, overcomes we had, you. Yeah,
1: we had played that clip of him talking about what it was like when you realize you are stuck, and he. He'd, really went into detail on this with Sky News, and then he told, you know, it has a happy ending, How he told Sky News how they finally got free.
3: I, being a scientist, started thinking, okay, I'm a professional problem solver. We're stuck two and a half miles below the surface of the water. Uh, How do we get out? And it, it took me the better part of a half hour or more uh, as our pilot tried to jog us out and he wasn't succeeding. I finally uh, really hit a brick wall and realized, no, this is the end of it. Uh, and this voice in my head st- it actually said to me, and I'll never forget the words, this is how it's going to end for you. And for me, as a correspondent who'd been to the North Pole, the South Pole, I'd covered uh, Persian Gulf War and other places where I was in harm's way, always managed to survive it. For me, that was um, that was a bitter pill to swallow. And I thought of my wife; I'd never see her again. So I I I don't like recalling that experience. I was fortunate enough by the by the. Uh, Grace of God, and by the skill of our pilot, who was a former MiG pilot. This is a Russian sub. Um, he was able to finally extricate us um, after the better part of an hour. And but then, even when we got out, it was a question of getting to the surface. And you corkscrew the surface it takes about two and a half hours more. So it was a. It's an experience that uh, I'll never forget in my life. And my heart goes out to these people who are. Lost. I I just, I'm just so sick to my stomach to to think of those poor people down there. I know what it's like.
2: Yeah, he's getting upset there. I mean, he's covering news reporting that, but going to the di- Titanic that was a choice that he made.
1: Well, and and here's the other part. So this guy named Tim Taylor, not to be confused with the character Tim Allen played on Tool Time, Tool Time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, home improvement, but he's an underwater explorer and he was on MSNBC and he did what a lot of people have been doing here over the past 24 48 hours. He has a lot of questions about this vehicle.
0: There are a lot of of questions on this. And and this vehicle is a a prototype. This vehicle is experimental. It is not, in my understanding, from their own website uh, and through other people in the industry, this vehicle is not registered or certified to carry passengers. They can carry crew and scientists. So they're not, because they're experimental. And and this is in every industry. Elon Musk launches rockets and blows them up, learns a lesson, and goes, fixes and builds another one. But they're not manned. So um, the the pressure on these people to take tourists and fulfill their needs underwater way into this factor. Uh, Why don't they have pingers on board like every piece of equipment I own has and any plane has on a black box pingers to locate them? Why don't they have an ROV on board to solve this problem? I
2: mean, is a pinger that expensive or complicated a piece of equipment? Yeah. Why didn't they have pingers? they were using Logitech controllers to steer the thing.
1: That, those are video game controllers, right? Right,
2: right. Like you're playing Nintendo and all of a sudden you're steering this, this submersible. And they're saying that it was just slapped together haphazardly with cheap parts. NASA, Boeing, and the University of Washington all signed off on the construction of it. But now today... They're all kind of distancing themselves.
1: And look, I think one of the lessons here is we just assume when we go into things that there are people who are quote unquote experts or that they are the smartest guy in every room. And while they may be in terms of an IQ, they may be if you sit and talk with that person at a dinner party, you're going to feel really inferior but maybe they aren't always actually the smartest people in every room. Maybe their intelligence level brings a certain arrogance or hubris or whatever. And I'm not saying that's exactly what happened here, but it certainly is beginning to look like that there were some corners that were cut or some red flags that were ignored that, hey, the smartest person in in every room should have really been able to see this and maybe put the the brakes on this and said, we are not ready to do this yet because look at the position they're in. Now, it doesn't mean that's because this is why they're in the position they're in. It may have been something that even if you'd had the greatest government-constructed thing in the history of ever, maybe it was unavoidable. You don't know, but the reality is this... This was unnecessary. They didn't need to be down there. There wasn't some life-altering thing that was going to come. This wasn't Apollo 13, where they're trying to learn. We're trying to discover about space. We're trying to know more things, and this tragic thing happens. These people made this choice to enter into this very dangerous, needless excursion. It's
2: 9.56. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Running through the field where
3: I'm not...